0: Howdy, and welcome to Episcopal Ags, the podcast of the Episcopal Student Center at Texas A&M and Blinn College. I'm Rich Nelson, uh, the campus missioner, and it's, uh, it's good to have you all back on the podcast. Uh, here's what's coming up for us today. We are going to take a look at the calendar, uh, major things that are coming up for us over the next week and beyond. And then after that, we're going to switch over to uh, part two of our three-part series on the Enneagram and uh lots of people are responding to this and I'm really uh I'm really glad about it and the Enneagram I think a lot of people have at least heard of it but in case you haven't you know it's it's a it's a tool that helps us identify our primary personality type our primary spiritual type uh, it says that there are nine basic types and um uh, and so what we've been doing is we've been looking at three of those each week. So last week we looked at types eight, nine, and one. this week we're going to look at types two, three, and four. Uh, those three when you put them together uh, they're called the feeling triad. A lot of uh, their energy comes from what to do with their feelings uh, so um, maybe that's you or maybe it's somebody you know and you love and you want to figure out how to how to love and care for them better. Uh, the Enneagram is a great tool to do that. So that's what's coming up. It's a a recording of the uh, session that we had uh, this past Thursday. And we've got one more Enneagram session that's coming up. Uh, And so if you can join us in person, that's great. That'll be Thursday at 7.30 with dinner, 8 uh, o'clock for the lesson itself. And if you can't join us on Thursday night here at Canterbury, uh, we'll be putting out a recording of that week's class on next week's podcast. Okay, here's what's coming up uh, for us this week. It's a pretty uh, standard week for us at Canterbury. Uh, not a lot of out-of-the-ordinary things happening. Uh, so we do, on uh, Tuesday, have coffee and conversation over at the Starbucks at MSC. Uh, stop on by between 1.30 and 2.30. I'm happy to buy you a cup of coffee And uh, and sit and visit for a minute. That'd be great. Uh, On Wednesday, we have our uh, Wednesday night Eucharist, our Wednesday night worship service. Dinner at 7.30. Worship begins at 8.30. Uh, That usually lasts until about 9.30. Uh, So come on out. That's our big night of the week. On Thursday, as I just mentioned, uh, that's our Bible study day. So we've got dinner again at 7.30. Uh, followed by Bible study and discussion at 8 o'clock. And then on Friday, as we do every week, we've got Noonday Contemplative Prayer at noon uh, here at the Canterbury House. 902 George Bush Drive, in case you've not been here before. Uh, that's how you find us. Um, we also, this coming uh, weekend, Saturday the 19th, we are going to have a watch party for the uh, Ole Miss AM football game. Uh, That's going to be happening uh, starting around 6.30 around kickoff time. We're going to gather over at Buffalo Wild Wings on University Drive uh, for that. Uh, So come on out. Also, uh, just a heads up, the Canterbury House is rented out to an outside group uh, Friday starting at 5 o'clock through midday Saturday. Uh, So students who come by, you might see some folks in our building uh, you're still free to use the upstairs uh, spaces, uh, but the but the main hall is rented out. Um, and then next Sunday, the 20th, we have our uh, weekly study hall uh, with dinner again at 7.30, followed by a time to sit around and work on your homework. Just not have to do it alone by yourself in your room, but you can come over here. And for whatever reason, that seems to help being around people even if you're working on your own stuff. All right, so that's what's coming up for us uh, this week. The other major, major thing I want to make sure that everybody has heard about and knows about is that uh, we are looking at taking a pilgrimage next May to uh, the island of Iona on the western coast of Scotland. And so this week on Wednesday is the deadline for expressing interest in that. If you haven't expressed interest by filling out that Google form, uh, get on over there and do it. Uh, you've had links in the emails and things that we've sent out to you. Uh, so uh, find that email, click that link, let us know if you're wanting to go. Or uh, even just give me a call, let me know. Uh, one way or another, we got to have your name on the list by Wednesday so we can proceed with setting up that trip. All right, God bless you all. Take care. And here is Enneagram podcast number two over types two, three, and four. The, uh, the feeling triad. Welcome to the Canterbury Episcopal Student Center. This is Enneagram podcast number two, and Mackenzie just left the building. So here it is uh, for you one more time. All right, tonight we are uh, going to be going over the feeling center, all right? So uh, just make sure we're all still on the same page. Nine different types in the Enneagram. You can break those types into three different triads. What defines a triad? It it depends on what the root issue is, okay? So, um, So last week we looked at the instinctive triad and the root issue that they had. Anybody remember all the way back from last week? Anger—that is their their struggle. What to do with their anger, and where does their anger come from? What's the source? I don't know. Did I cover that really very well? Death, right? Yeah, right. That's that's the uh, you know that's where they feel it. Um, but it's anger at the instability of the world, right? Anger at um, at not feeling secure. Okay, and so. Um, so that's what the instinctive triad's about. The need to feel insecure, or to feel secure, the anger over feeling insecure, what do you do with that anger? Tonight we're moving over to the feeling triad, so that's the twos, threes, and fours. And uh, they've got a whole different issue. Uh, for their issue, it's not so much their anger and, and what's going on around them, but it's their feelings and what's going on inside of them. Okay, uh, They don't know what to do with their feelings with their feelings one way or another they're struggling to know how to handle that all right so um so remember the enneagram the purpose of it is to help us number one identify our gifts okay so i want to make sure because sometimes enneagram teachers are really good at immediately going to the weakness or the uh you know the the thing that's wrong that this tool points out and it certainly does and it's good that it does that but it also helps us lift up and identify what our strengths are So we study the Enneagram so we understand uh, our strengths, we come to terms and grips with the reality of our weakness, and because it helps make us a more loving people for others. Last week I read a passage from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and I'm going to continue on with that to help keep us rooted in scripture as we're doing this work as well. Uh, This uh, section is subtitled, One Body with Many Members. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews and Greeks, slaves and free, And we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, Because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, Because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. On the contrary. The members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those members of the body that we think less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our less respectable members are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members don't need this. But God so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member that there may be no dissension within the body, But the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. This is a beautiful, beautiful passage. The author of this passage clearly had done his or her work to get to this point, right? I mean, it really is profound. Every part of the body, every member of the body has an important role to play. And so too when we look at the different kinds of people that they are. So there is not one Enneagram that's better than any of the others. Each one has their own gifts that they bring. Suffering and rejoicing with... Suffering and rejoicing with is the work of the feeling triad: the twos, threes and fours. What to do with our feelings? Twos go about that question by focusing on the feelings of others. Threes go about that question by denying the existing of a lot of their own feelings. And fours go about that work by becoming very focused on their feelings. You see that progression? Twos, it's all about the feelings of others. Uh, threes in the middle, not really sure what to do with these things. Maybe we ought to just try to stuff them a little bit. Fours, very much wrapped up in my own feelings. So that's the, that's the journey we're going to make tonight. We'll start with type twos. Uh, these are oftentimes called the helpers or the givers. Type twos are caregivers, they're nurturers. Sometimes that's in response to not having been nurtured and cared for very well when they were young. And sometimes it's in response to having been nurtured and cared for exceptionally well when they're young. So you'll find twos who had parents who were somewhat neglectful, and therefore they stepped into that role of being caregiver because that wasn't happening a lot. And so sometimes I've seen twos who, uh, you know, were the sibling that took care of the other siblings because the parents we're ineffective at being parents, you know, either because of emotional issues or mental issues or alcohol or drug addiction issues. Um, and that's just a helpful reminder in rem- that our Enneagram types are both formed and informed, informed by who we naturally are, informed by the things that happen around us. I really think that helps pull out different pieces of it for us. Okay, So twos, they try to suppress their own needs in favor of caring for the needs of others. And they feel guilt and shame for even having feelings and needs of their own a lot of the time. okay, Very focused on you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to give you what you need. Yes, I have these needs of my own. But even giving voice to that can be hard for me sometimes. And raising my hand and saying, yes, what about me? That's something that's really, really hard for two to do. And so they'll tend to deny whatever's going on inside of them in favor of whatever they perceive is going on for others. They tend to take whatever they can get and convince themselves that that's enough. It's okay that I'm not the f- focus. It's okay that I really... Did not want to go to see this movie because everybody else wanted to go see this movie, and so it's okay. At least they're going to the movies with me. That's something a two might say. At least I get to be a part of the group. At least I get a little bit of my need met. They believe that they are loved for what they give, not for who they are. Twos believe they are loved for what they give, not for who they are, and therefore they fear that if they stopped giving, then they wouldn't be loved. And so they've got to, they got to just keep at it all the time. So the strengths of twos are that they're incredibly attentive and incredibly caring, loving, generous people who are tuned in to the needs of others. But as with every Enneagram number, there's a flip side. The blessing is also the curse, right? Maybe I really should have emphasized that from the very beginning of all of this. Our blessing is also our curse. And that's the strange thing. Because we think that those are two separate things, but they're not. The blessing of what we have to give is also the thing that we're going to have to struggle with most. Okay, So the flip side of the coin of being loving, caring, generous, tuned into others... Is that sometimes they end up feeling um, really possessive? I need to keep caring for you i can't i can't have you not need me right? They can be really indirect sometimes it's hard sometimes for them to give voice to their own thoughts and feelings, and so it's really hard work sometimes to be in a relationship with it too because you've got to work hard at. Pulling out whatever it is that they actually want and need, because they'll make it sound like they need exactly what you want to need, because they know that's what you want to need, but it's not. Yeah. As a result, as they kind of disintegrate, as they become less healthy, uh, twos sometimes can be become pretty manipulative, and when they really get unhealthy, they can become, they can take on the martyr syndrome, right? I bear the weight and the burden of the whole world, the whole family. Nobody needs me. Nobody cares for me. Nobody really appreciates everything that I do for them. Woe is me. Woe is me. So unhealthy teeth can really take on that false martyr uh, role. But when they're healthy, they're loving and they're generous and they're considerate of other people. And when they're unhealthy, they become secretly resentful. And here's the irony of all this. They really are trying to help themselves. Because by helping you, it gives them their identity. So it's a, it's a loop, it's a feedback loop for them. As it is with every n- number in its own unique way. So remember, when we look at the circle and we look at all of the, uh, all of the n- lines that go in between the numbers, those mean something. And so each number is connected to two other numbers in a pretty deep and, and uh, formative way. One is the direction of integration, one's the direction of disintegration. And the direction of integration for twos is to move towards a four. Now, we haven't even gone over four yet, so I'm not going to go too deep into that. But I'll just say that it leads them to be more confident in being assertive. More confident in being assertive. And their direction of disintegration is towards an eight, the unhealthy side of eight, which is the t- tendency to become aggressively assertive. Okay? So there again, notice that. The, becoming a healthy two is about becoming assertive in a healthy way, becoming an unhealthy too is about becoming assertive in an unhealthy way, where they tend to spend most of their time in the middle trying very hard not to be assertive of themselves. Make sense? Do you see how that works? Okay. So if they want to grow as a person and, they, and the message that they need to tell themselves over and over again, and the message that they need to hear reinforced from those around them over and over again is who I am is what makes me lovable, not what I do for others. Who I am is what makes me lovable, not what I do for everybody else. And even if I couldn't do that, they would still love me. They would still care about me. I'd still be needed and valued. So, twos at their best, loving, caring, adaptable, insightful, generous, enthusiastic, tuned in. Twos at their worst, martyr-like, indirect, manipulative, possessive, uh, overly accommodating. Careers that twos tend to gravitate towards. What would you imagine might be some careers that would be really naturally... uh, comfortable for it too. Social worker. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Why a why social worker? Because they're like, let's see if they need you Yeah. What do you, what you need? I'm here for you. I'm the research person. Yep. Counselor. counselor. Yep. Why a counselor? Free. Yep. Bring me all your feelings. Bring me all your pain. I'm happy to be the one to re- receive it and turn around and help you with it. Yep. Teacher. Yep. A lot of teachers are twos. Why? Yeah. I mean, I'm giving you what you need. I'm helping you grow as a person. So a lot of helping professions, a lot of supportive professions too. So a lot of um, assistants, receptionists, salespeople—not the manager, but the people who are out, out there on the floor. Any. A position where my re- my responsibility is to build up you, to do something to support you, right? Uh, Stay-at-home moms and dads. That can be a, a fulfilling thing for, for some twos to do. Not all of them, but some of them. Okay? So just like we did last week, uh, have some fun, play a game. Can you imagine a superhero that is an embodiment of a two. I think we said eights were Batman, nines were Hulk, ones were Iron Man last week. Eights are Batman because he's all about challenging and aggressive and putting it out there, justice and vengeance. Uh, Hulk nine because he's trying very, very hard to keep peace so that he stays in some kind of control. Uh, one Iron Man because he's trying to fix everything, right? He creates Ultron thinking that's going to solve everything and in fact it makes everything worse. Pretty essentially one one stuff. So So what would this number two superhero be? Uh-huh. He's to help yep. He has done. I can see that. What about Captain America? Um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, on both of those I, I Black Panther. I feel a little bit of pushback in my thinking. Black Panther, you think? Why Black Panther? Um, <coughs> it was always like uh <coughs> It was always about other people, even as he was, like, saving Wakanda. It was never on, um, what, like, what a major problem was. It was always, like, what specifically is going on with each person. Well, lots of superheroes certainly fit the I'm here to help, um, thing. One that had crossed my mind, uh, I can't remember her name, but, uh... The Olsen actress in Scarlet Witch. Because isn't she like deeply intuitive and kind of, or am I misremembering her character a little bit? She gets like a really Yeah. Yeah. What was the name of it? Scarlet Witch. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Wonder Woman is a healthy too. I don't know. Oh, no. now no, there's reaching out. Yeah. Tell me why. Um, just because, like, I mean, she's more like, like your kids, like, never, like, like, they're actually fighting and stuff. Like, she's like, they're, like, stre- like literally stretching in every way. Yeah. Sure that your kids don't fall and, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Martyr, perhaps, in a good way. I mean, yeah. constantly giving, constantly stretching to reach yeah, out and to, to, try to keep, kids safe. keep everybody safe. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Good. For for me who doesn't watch the movies, I did know the last film was like Aaron from the Office Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. We can do this with all kinds of things. Uh, uh characters from literature, characters from other movies. One of the reasons I think superheroes work really well is one that's. It's kind of a common vocabulary that a lot of people have, and they're embodiments of mythos, right? I mean, a lot of them are kind of rooted in Greek gods and things like that. They're our modern-day mythos. Okay, other thoughts and questions about twos before we move on to threes? Like, so twos are just like, really generous, and like all they want to do is help. But then, like when they take that almost too far, they like lose their so, Yeah. So that's the work of twos. How how do I be generous and caring about others while not simultaneously denying my own self and my own needs and the legitimacy of of those? Yeah. So lots of numbers when you get into a car and you go, hey, where do you want to go to eat? They'll say, I don't know. What do you think? But the reason that twos go that is because they really just, they want to know what you want so that they can agree with that. So we did the thing last week where you said, like, what what happens if you, like, marry a a Yeah. Yeah. We We are, but I'm going to do that at the end. Yeah. You like that part? Yeah, because it teaches you like, directly about the yep. yep. So we'll do that as a recap at the end. I'll ask that question for each of these numbers. Okay, so number threes, uh, these people are usually called achievers or performers. Um, threes are people who are caught up in the exterior image of successfulness in measurable, demonstrable ways. They walk a fine line of knowing the difference between being loved and being recognized. That line becomes really blurred for them. And so I know I'm loved when I'm recognized as having achieved something, as having done something. I feel loved when I get the trophy, you know, when I get the award, when I get the A. And they equate in childhood usually at some point it kind of clicks for them that they equate recognition with validation. If I'm being recognized for doing something, then I'm being validated. I'm being, I'm being loved and cared for as a human being. Okay, so the strength that they bring is that they're very goal-oriented people. They're very driven people. Uh, they're responsible. And whereas a lot of us really struggle with undervelo- underdeveloping our talents... Uh, That's usually not such an issue for number three. They're going to figure out what they're good at, and then they're going to work really hard at getting even better at that. And so they end up kind of bringing a lot of of themselves to something. So whereas twos tend to want to pull themselves back to create the space, threes are going to jump in the space and, and bring what they got, which is good. We need people who do that. But... The blessing is always the curse, so what's the flip side of that? Can you imagine what, what the downside of being that way is? Yeah, so you're constantly seeking validation. You're constantly concerned, what do other people think about me? Are they seeing me as successful? Are they seeing me as somebody who's creating something, doing a lot? And if you're drawing all your value from what other people give you, that's a really lonely, desperate place to be. Right? So when they're healthy, they can let go of those image and ego needs and become self-accepting and self-validating. But when they're unhealthy, they just can't get enough positive attention. An unhealthy three, you cannot shower them with enough medals and enough awards and enough... Um, accolades, and enough round of applause for this number three, for everything that they did to make this event happen. We love number threes. There's no meeting the depth of that need for them when they're really unhealthy. So, uh, to become healthier, their direction of integration is moved towards a six. And again, we haven't gone over this number, so I won't go too far into it. But in doing that, they... They seek security and stability for everyone, not just for themselves. They seek that validation for all, not just for them. They're able to move beyond that. Their direction of disintegration is denied, and we have covered that last week. But what threes will do when they become disintegrated is they'll go, um, I give... I give up. I give up for, and in doing that, I think that I'm just, I'm cr- going to create peace. By going, okay, it doesn't matter what I do, so I just won't do anything, and maybe everybody would be happy then. kind of thing. That's not a healthy thing for three to do. So it's not that we want threes to not be achievers. We want them to still have that drive, but we want them to have it in a way that's not tearing themselves up on the inside. Do it for the right reasons. So, if they want to grow, if they want to heal, they need to tell themselves a lot, and they need to hear from others a lot. Who I am is what makes me lovable, not what I achieve. So twos, who I am is what makes me lovable, not what I do for others. Threes, who I am is what makes me lovable, not what I achieve. They're optimistic, they're confident, they're efficient, self-starters, energetic, when they're at their best. When they're at their worst, they can be very deeply narcissistic, pretentious, vain, superficial, vindictive even. Because when you're driven by success, then you've got to be better than everybody else. So, an unhealthy three is in constant competition with the world. And they will stomp you down to make sure that they feel validated if they're unhealthy. I know that we talked about politicians in the other Hmm. set, but this, like, I'm thinking of several politicians coming to mind. Yep. Yep. Not threes, but. Yeah. Threes. You're right. Bingo careers um, politicians why are why would politics be a natural draw for three competition they they get voted and they win you know, and that's a pretty good validation right athletes yep Why athletes again you know competition there's the ability to have a Demonstrable success. Doctor? Mm-hmm. Why doctor? You're talking about how they kind of see themselves as like what they achieve, not who they are. But they what they're so really helpful, what really like to hear that are others Sure, yep. Like CEOs? Yep. Academics. CEOs, management. Academics could be, yep. They sure could be. Yep, lots of lots of healthcare professionals are twos, though they might naturally be drawn to being not doctors but nurses or um, or people who are more in that purely helping role. Um, being a doctor would not be as appealing to them, um, perhaps because they they don't actually get to do as much caring. Though some would, I mean, some would. Uh, I have no science behind this, but it's just kind of my gut feeling that maybe like pediatricians w- would perhaps be more naturally twos, where surgeons might be more naturally threes. Bam! I fixed it. You know, I saved another person. Right. Surgeons in the line. Yeah. Yeah. Military hey. people. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. Other people can be drawn to military for other reasons, but why would military be perhaps appealing for a three? There are lots of ways to be recognized. Get another bar. Get another. Yep. It's an honor system. Yep. Exactly. Good. Performers. What about coaches? Coaches. Yep. Good. It's absolutely possible. In fact, that's what a three ought to strive to become. How can I take all of this energy to do demonstrably good things, but not for the need, for the sake of meeting my own insecurity and ego needs, but for the legitimate good of the whole? Even with that competitive drive, like- yes, I mean we. I think competitive drive is not a necessarily inherently bad thing. You know, I, I think it actually pushes the human race forward and it makes society better. We need people who have that kind of inner energy to, to step up and to make stuff happen. But do so for all the right reasons, not all the wrong reasons. Okay. Uh, number three superhero. Starfire? Mm-hmm. Why Starfire? She's just super, like, energy her distress. She's annoying. Yeah. Okay. Did you read? Was she read? What did she read? What good. Yeah, but she was also, like, I had kind of thought Captain America for this one as a as a healthy three. Cause remember at the root of things, he wanted to become he wasn't he wasn't naturally this way. He wanted to become this way. He wanted to get into the military so bad. Because he wanted to there was some kind of validation he needed in being able to be a part of that. And yet he also had this deep sense of honor and valor. And, uh, you know, so he's achieving, but, you know, for largely healthy reasons. I don't know. Maybe. Thor? <laughs> <laughs> healthy Thor or uh, beer gut hold uh, up in the cave Thor? Uh yeah, what is Thor? I feel like... Maybe, maybe, yeah. when he was, yeah. was trying to be um the correct king, not what he was saying. And it's when he was like deliberately trying with a hammer. Yeah. Like, like that kind of, uh, I like, he kind of was like, yeah. maybe. The hammer thing, yeah, there's something to that, you know. The one who's worthy, the one who's able to do this. So there's that sense of success. Huh? Yeah. Yep. Yep, he can. Yep, I think that works. Good. He was a surgeon, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't maybe know enough about him to really, I mean, I saw the movie. Benedict Cumberbatch, pretty cool guy. Yeah, I don't know. When we see Doctor Strange 2, let's look at that and really think. See 3 or not. All right. Good. I'm liking Thor for that one. I think that works. Last thoughts, questions about threes before we move on to four? Y'all good? I see lots of wheels churning out there or something. Do you know a number three? Somebody in your life? Pretty bound up in achievement? Who is the valedictorian of your class? Who was the salutatorian who was driven crazy they weren't the valedictorian? Those people probably threes. The girl who would just absolutely melt down when she got a 99 on the test instead of a hundred. All right, good. Number fours. These people are usually called the individualists or the romantics, not necessarily in a Hey hey, kind of way with romantics, but in the in the more traditional romant- sense of a romantic, what a romantic is. Gifted artists, musicians, poets, <laughs> all kinds of unique people. Because these people are ones who are pretty deeply wrapped up and in tune with their own feelings, right? Twos, feelings of others, threes, eh feelings, fours, man, I got a lot of feelings, <laughs> right? I gotta figure out what to do with all these feelings I'm feeling. And usually they've gotta find some outlet for that so they can share their feelings with others. And so art, the arts is a natural draw for fours because it gives you that opportunity to both be one, unique and individual, and two, find a way to express all this stuff that's going on inside. Um, they usually see themselves as fundamentally different from others. There's nobody else that's like me. I'm the only one like me. I'm the only person I know like me. I'm the only person anybody knows like me. I'm one of a kind. And so they'll intentionally dress in ways that demonstrate I'm different from everybody else. That's one of the ways. So then fours might be naturally kind of really concerned about fashion, uh, really concerned about being seen as set apart and will do something, whatever they can to do that Um, so their strengths is that when, when they're healthy they can go on authentic journeys inward and really work on that inner stuff and reveal to all of us therefore the possibilities and the beauty of living a human life I mean that's what makes great art great is not simply the fact that Uh, That Michelangelo did that but that it made the world a wonderful better place and we saw humans can do that humans can do something and create something as amazing as that right so that's a strength but what's that's the blessing but what's the curse what's the flip side of being that way what would you say I'm Yep, yep, exactly, right? They can become obsessed with those feelings. They can become obsessed with um, this sense of something's wrong with me, something's different inside of me, I'm not Okay. There's something missing deep there for a lot of them too. And so you think about a lot of artists who are also tortured souls as a result of being this individualistic, creative kind of person. Why is that such a tortured place to be? Because nobody understands. And I don't even understand. There's something effed up inside of me, and I don't know what to do with it. and Nobody else does either. It's hopeless. They can go there when they're unhealthy. Yeah. Are they actually as different as they think they are, or is that just like they think they're so different? I think it's both. You know, I think maybe in different measures for different people. I think in some cases they really are like unique. There's something amazing. You know, they've got this incredible talent or gift or whatever it is that really is different. Or they see the world in a different way than a lot of us see it. Poets, you know, I think a lot of them are able to kind of... When I read good poetry, I go, God, I never would have put those words together to express that, but man, it does it well. I mean, I see what it is that they're getting at. And they they saw that, and they found the words to be able to, to go there. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is something unique about that. But they also tend to want to play that up, too. Everybody look at how different I am. I'm going to dress in all black just to prove to you how different from you I am. You know, something like that. So intentionally setting apart. So when they're healthy, they're willing to risk revealing who they truly are. They, they do take that stuff and they put it out there. In song in art. And we can look at that piece of artwork and go, whoever made that is messed up. And they knew when you, you looked at it that you, you would think that, and still they made it. They're like, yeah, I am. That's okay. There it is. Deal with it. Or we can go, you know, whoever made that truly is in tune with something deep and amazing and incredible. And those two things aren't mutually exclusive. I don't want to make it sound like an either-or thing. So their inner workings, their inner feelings—they'll uh, even uh, be willing to show you the things that they're ashamed about uh, about themselves. They can go that far, and they can endure suffering with a, a kind of quiet strength that's pretty remarkable. But when they're unhealthy, they pull back, become isolated in their uniqueness. They never feel adequately appreciated or understood by anybody. So their direction of integration fours need to become more like healthy ones remember ones are reformers perfectionists sometimes but what would it mean for a, for a four to move towards a one well it would mean becoming okay with the fact that there are rules and there are boundaries and it's okay that those things might even apply to me too it's okay. I can exist within that. I don't constantly have to break the rules. Ones don't want to break the rules. They want to make the rules more perfect, more pure. The direction of disintegrations for fours are towards a two, and that, in that sense they become like an healthy, unhealthy two, and that they're giving themselves away, giving away, giving away, until there's nothing left to give, and it, it's a toxic circle. I'm going to give, give, give until there's nothing left to give. right. I gave you all I got. There's nothing left. And there's nothing left of me. Really unhealthy force'll go there. So So that's why we got to be especially careful uh, in our love and care for forces because we can realize they, they can go pretty deep and pretty dark. And any Enneagram number could become addicted to uh, drugs, alcohol, sex, uh, prone to suicide. Any of them can when they get unhealthy. But fours, I think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of things that might push them even more so than the average person towards trying to deal with things in that way. Not all of them. Lots and lots of healthy fours out there. But unhealthy fours. We've got we to gotta watch their backs for them in some ways. So the direction of integration towards one, disintegration towards two, here's how they grow. Here's how they become healthy. This is what they need to tell themselves and what they need to hear from others around them who genuinely love and care for them. Who I am is what makes me lovable, not how different I am from everyone else. You don't have to be different for me to love you. Sound good? Fours at their best warm, compassionate, introspective, expressive, creative, intuitive. Fours at their worst prone to depression, being really self conscious, guilt ridden, withdrawn, moody, self absorbed. What are y'all laughing about? Do you know a four? Of course, we all know. Of course. So, imagine some careers that might be attractive to a four: artists, writers, artists, writers musicians. musicians. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Any of the arts will be attractive to them. Maybe not. Mathematics so well because it's all about knowing the rules and how they apply and staying within the bounds. Um, actors, actresses, fours, journalists. Why might a why might a four be drawn towards journalism, would you imagine? Making a story that's they bring their own unique perspective to the story. It's an opportunity for them to craft and create something there, um, to get in, in deep with what's going on uh, with them, perhaps vicariously by getting in deep with what's going on with other people. Well, it could work either way depending on if they're in a healthy place or an unhealthy place. If they're a four and they're in a healthy place, being in a workplace where they're with a bunch of other people doing the same kind of thing and they're okay with that, um, yeah, they could do it, but there's probably always going to be some longing to do things in their own creative way which might be a real gift to the team. You know, you got a team full of people who do this, but you got one for who's able to think outside the box a little bit. But that could also potentially be a really stifling, life-sucking cubicle of hell for a poor too, right? Architects. Architects of us. Yep. Why would you imagine an architect being a core? Why would, Why would you imagine an architect being a four? It's an artistic form, hmm? artistic expression. It is, with some clearly defined sets of tools. Yeah, but tools. with tools and with sort of rules, but those rules are broken all the time. Yeah, that's what makes an architect really noteworthy, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think so. If especially if they see what they're creating as something beautiful, I'm not just creating a business, but I'm creating uh, a gift to the world in some way through through my small business. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's possible, too. I do. I mean... Remember, what I'm saying is, here are things that they're going to be more naturally drawn to. Not that they couldn't do other things, but something that's kind of naturally feeding them. So... um So perhaps a four might be interested in research and technology and the way that it allows them to explore new things, unique things. Johnny Ivey might be a four, right? I mean, he's he's Apple's guy who is all about aesthetics and all about the beauty of the iPhone. It wasn't just the fact that the iPhone could do amazing things, but it also had to look amazing. It had to feel amazing. It had to smell amazing. And, you know, whatever, you know, Johnny is just, it was all about the, the beauty and the perfection of the thing. Could have been fun. A- yeah, definitely, right? Anybody who wears a bacon dress is for. I love how Yeah, yeah. The first time I saw – this is a complete aside that has absolutely nothing to do with anything. But the first time I saw Lady Gaga, she was like the featured performer at some kind of on-TV beauty pageant. And I don't even know why I was watching that because I'm not in beauty pageant necessarily. But I guess there was nothing on TV or something. And I remember looking at her going, that is too weird. She will never make it. She proved me wrong. Now she's making out with Bradley Cooper in front of everybody. <laughs> Pretty hot stuff there. All right, so, two stories and fours. All about what am I gonna do with my feelings. So, let's go to this uh, important work. I mean, I think it's a really important thing And it helps us see how we can use the Enneagram in our discipleship and in our loving of other people by going, okay, if I have a spouse that's a two, what am I going to need to do? How am I going to need to work to build that person up? How do they feel loved in a way that's healthy for them? Let them know they're appreciated. Yep. That's... That's going to be something that they're always going to need to hear from you. Honey, I really appreciate you doing that. I see the way that you're helping, and I appreciate it. But like at the same time, you don't know that you don't love them yep. because of what they're doing. Yep. It's your Yep. That's helping them become a healthier version. So don't just tell them I love you every time they do something for you, but tell them I love you at times when they're specifically not doing something. Or when you're helping them, let me help you. You don't always have to be the one to take care of everything. Sit down. I'll do the dishes. I love you. Right? So help validate them that way. If you have a child that's a two, what's something that they might need to hear from you? Help them get in tune with their own voice, their own needs, and help them figure out how to give voice to those. What you think is just as important as what everybody else here thinks. I want to hear your thoughts. I want, I want to get your perspective. We want to do what you want to do too, not just you What do what we do. The important message for a two to hear from a parent, maybe. Okay. Uh, how about threes? If you got a spouse, it's a three. Achiever. I'm not really three. I, apologize. I don't think the podcast picked you up. Can you say that a little bit? <laughs> <often? laughs> oh, whoa! Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do for three you got a spouse's three of course I mean they do need that it's a legitimate need and yet how do we do that let know how much yeah. you love them when they fail let them know how much you love them when they fail not just when they win not just when they do it Try to get them to share some of those emotions with you. Because yep. Because they you know they're, they're pretty much denial about their emotions. And yeah. denial about their emotions. So help them find ways to get in, in contact with that and express it. Yep. Shoulder up because they're probably stressed. Yep. They're probably stressed. So find ways to help them de-stress. Let's not worry about achieving all that stuff. Whatever your goal is. That's a good and healthy thing, but it's also good and healthy honey for us to just not try to make those things happen too. You know? So going and sitting on the beach at Cabo is gonna be hard for a three, but might be really good for him too. Like take a step aside from that whole world you've constructed and just be a little bit. If you got a kid who's a three, what you gonna do for them? Yeah. You don't always have to be number one. they kind of like motivated them but without like motivated to like do what they uh-huh. want to do like achieving but like without like letting them completely like hmm. remember this is also their gift right and so it's good it's good to give them opportunities to do all those things and and to be recognized for it and yet even if you didn't even if you didn't win still love still good how about a four? You got a spouse that's a four. What do you do to love and take care of them? Let them know that they're like seen. That they're what? That they're seen. That they're seen, yeah. They don't have to dress like- You're friends. good at this, Matt. You yeah. get it, man. That's right, yeah. Let them know that they're seen. Yeah. Yeah. And appreciate it. Have you read it in a book? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yet, how do you help them, encourage them to think about things in a more healthier way? What's something you can do for them? recognize that they have a need to do that and give them the space and the and, and the license to do it support them in that but you know take notice of the ways that they're choosing to do that and um, you know sometimes they can they can overshare sometimes there are healthier ways to deal with the internal turmoil than you know, ways that they might naturally choose. Okay. And, and be on the lookout for self-destructive tendency. You know, make sure that they get help. Come talk to me. Tell me what's going on. If I'm not the person, then let's go get you a counselor, somebody that you can go talk to. Because remember, fours got to deal with that. They got to get that stuff out somehow. Right? If you got a child who's a four, how do you love that little kiddo? How do you love that kid, that kiddo? You're a number four kid. Yep. They need to find that thing that's their own. They, you know, feed feed that. Mm-hmm. Don't let them get too caught up in their emotions, not going to be Yeah. Now yeah, watch it, because you know that that could lead to a potentially lead to a dark place. Not necessarily, but yeah. You know, watch watch their emotions. Don't freak out about the fact that they're different. You know, it's okay. So what? They want to paint their nails black. As long as, you know, you don't think that that means that they're deeply depressed or they're worshiping Lucifer or something. It probably just means they want to paint their damn nails black and that's okay. Chill out, uptight white person. I feel attacked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's okay. And don't be embarrassed about them. That's another thing that parents of fours can end up doing. They can end up being embarrassed. I wish you weren't so, you know, they might not say this, or maybe they would, but I wish you weren't so weird. I wish you weren't so different, you know. You don't really look and fit in like all the rest of my people and my friends. But don't make them feel like they're less than because of their individuality. Love them for that. I don't understand why you do everything you do, but God, I love you. I think you're just amazing. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what they want to be a longhorn. Let them move to Austin. It's okay. They won't. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know how I mean, I mean, school yeah. he may be a four-wing three because it's about. I mean, there's achievement uh, drive there for him too, right? So remember, each number has a wing. We're not getting all that stuff too much. I think it's about nine o'clock in it. Uh, it's what? Dang, sorry. And here I thought maybe we'd wrap up sooner tonight. I do want to say a couple things before we before we uh, finish. I put some books out here uh, tonight or next week. Feel free to check those out if there's, uh, you know, if you want to borrow them from me, I'm cool with that. But maybe just flip through them too and see what they're about. And here's the other thing I wanted to offer tonight too. I know that some of you are still wondering about your number and you're still not sure about that. Um. And so I'm willing uh, to get you hooked up with a code to take the Enneagram Institute's Ready Test. That's that uh, 144 question, scientifically studied, really gonna help you drill down and figure out your number. It costs 12 bucks, but I think it's a good investment. And if you're you're interested in that, I can get you a code to take it on my dime, on the Canberra's dime, okay? So if you want that code, if you would, before you leave, uh, come on up and put your name on my piece of paper. I'll get those ordered and have them here for you next time. Is next week's the last week. Next week's the last week, it is. Uh, so we'll be going over uh, 5, 6, and 7, the thinking triad, next week. What's going on after any yes, whole- Yep. <laughs> yep. We're keeping Thursday nights rolling all year long. And so after the Enneagram series, which you we're know, tying back into heart, soul, mind, and strength, Enneagram is a soul study about relationship. Excuse me. The next study we're going to have is then going to be a mind uh, study. A lot of people said they had questions about, about just the Bible and where did it come from and why do we believe what we believe about this book and who actually wrote it and how did some things make it in the Bible when other things didn't make it in the Bible? And should we be reading this thing literally or not literally? Uh, so we're gonna go over, we're gonna move to a different kind of study and go over that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, I'll, you won't have to ever think again. I'll just tell you what you ought to believe. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! We're actually gonna have a like a theatrical assembly, and we're is gonna come down. And think Rocks. Yeah. All the Here's all the answers. <laughs> but we're going to ignore them. Yep. No, I'm not, because you know some Christian pastors actually do think that it's their job to figure out the answer and then give it to you. But I happen to be an Episcopal priest, and we're notorious for. How about we all just think about that a bit more, and let's let's talk about it, and let's look at it from every side. And what, what do you think? And what do you think? And why do you think that? Right. So I'm going to give you – I'm more prone to want to give you both sides of the thing and then make you decide for yourself. But I'm not afraid to tell you, and yet here's what I think about this too. So, so we'll do some of all that, all the above. Cool. All right. Bye, everybody in podcast land.